Are group classes like F45, Orange Theory, and CrossFit over or underrated? Will high glycemic foods make you gain weight if you eat them at night? If you're trying to build out a gym in your house, where should you start? Can creatine help you maintain your muscle and strength when you're not working out? The answer to all these questions and more, stay tuned. You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so that we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 168 of the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thanks, as always, for being here. Thank you for your ratings and reviews. We greatly appreciate it. Hope everybody's having a good week so far. Big week around here. Lots of new clients starting with the rollout of full body remodel and muscle makeover and new custom clients starting. It's busy around here. I like it. If you ever want to know how you can work with us, just go to a new page that Blakely made on our website. It's digitalbarbell.com forward slash join. Some details on what it looks like to work with us on a custom workout program, what nutrition coaching is all about, and you can actually join the next groups of full body remodel and muscle makeover at any time during the month now. So holla at us. <laughs> Do people still say that? Oh, sure. <laughs> I wanted to um, talk real quick about something going on with me. I'm like dealing with some really annoying injuries right now. Like I can't train normally. Like I've got some tendonitis in my shoulder. It's probably some bicep tendonitis. It's not an uncommon thing for me, but um, I'm making the best of it, trying to you know work around it, make up some new workouts that don't involve any kind of bench pressing or overhead pressing, basically trying to rehab it in kind of the same way that we talked about in the episode a few episodes ago with Dr. Darren Deaton. So anyway, that's kind of what's going on with me. It's kind of frustrating, annoying, but I'm getting through it. And you know, really ever since we got back from our trip to Boise, it's kind of been like chaotic around here, <laughs> like guests coming and going in a good way. I'm not complaining about anything, but it's just been like a lot out of our normal routine. And along with all that stuff out of our normal routine has been a lot more celebration type stuff. You know, when we got back, like we had a birthday party for me and then it was your birthday and then we had friends over and then we had some more friends over birthday. and then your family came over. It was at least two other birthdays mixed in there and you know just like you guys like these kinds of celebrations sometimes revolve around food Mm -hmm. pizzas desserts more alcohol Uh, sometimes there's leftovers and you know i've been partaking in that kind of stuff a lot more than i have in the months leading up to this or at least like the months leading up to our trip and just this week like you know we had a we had a fondue party a couple weeks ago and my weight shot up like I don't know, like four. Do not blame the fondue. (laughs) I know, but my weight shot up like four or five pounds, and I knew it was like you know just retaining food and retaining water, and I ate a lot of calories too. Let's not lie and drink a lot of calories. But um, anyway, 
My weight has been trending down very slowly since then, but I just not have been feeling good with all these extra indulgences that aren't normally in our life. So I've just decided to um, make a concerted effort to commit to getting back to my normal routine. I'm not going to do anything super extreme. I'm not going to go run extra miles. I'm not going to do extra cardio. I'm not going to say I'm eliminating carbs or anything like that, but I don't feel and I don't feel like I look as good as I want to. Like I feel like I'm walking around with a hangover from all these different things. So <laughs> I'm just putting it out there that um, aware, having awareness of how you're feeling is the first step of actually making a change. And I became aware. I'm not feeling my 100% best, so or looking my 100% best. So I'm getting back to my normal routine. You so, can hold, you can hold me accountable to that. So what would that look like? Like just in in among the situations that you're in, to yeah. make different choices. Uh, I don't even think it's so much that it's like the frequency of how, how often these things come up and like, how often are you going to uh, eat past the point where you're full or how often are you going to like indulge in the thing at the party just because it's mm. there? Like maybe it's every other time now, or maybe like I purposely take a smaller portion. I don't think there's going to be as many occasions anyway. Um, and when there are things and they're hosted at our house, I'm going to commit to getting rid of the leftovers because that's one of my weaknesses is when the mm-hmm. leftover cake is hanging around, you know, grabbing an extra piece yeah. for two or three days. And I know that's contributed to the way that I feel right now and keeping alcohol to a minimum too, because that's an easy habit to get caught up in. Mm-hmm. And before you know, it, you've drank more, way more during the week than you would without these social occasions. Yeah. So, you know, getting back to the basics, just like we teach everybody else to do. So All right. I'm here for it. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, but this, that's not what this episode is about. That was just kind of a preamble. Yeah, I mean, this, this is another, uh, Q and a episode. No, it's ask Jonathan anything. It's a Q. <laughs> it's a Q. Well, we're both going to, we're both going to talk. So, <laughs> but let's get into it. We got to, we right. got to blast through these. Okay. All right. First question. They asked it in an over or underrated fashion, which we can answer like that. All right. Over or underrated Metcon style classes like F45 and Orange Theory. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, why don't you tell everybody what Metcon stands for and kind of uh, what it is. So they also, I would say they also could uh, have added CrossFit classes here because it's a metabolic conditioning style workout mm-hmm. where it's like three rounds, four times, 15 minutes, as many rounds as you can. You're like three, two, one, go. You start a clock and you're moving through the list of movements quickly as many times as you can, getting that heart rate up for the allotted time. Yeah, it's like... Mostly a cardio based mm-hmm. kind of thing, kind of not the, it's the opposite of just like going to the gym with five exercises that you're going to do yeah. and going through the list with two minute rest between. <laughs> um, I mean, I think overall these kinds of classes are appropriately rated. It's, yeah. it's more about, uh, and like, it's not like we can poo poo those things because you owned a CrossFit yeah. gym. It's like, we can't <laughs> say there's no benefit to doing these kinds of things. Tons of benefit. Yeah. Tons like the group atmosphere, the staying after class to talk and having coffee and mm-hmm. the accountability of getting on a group chat and giving people a hard time. Like all those are amazing things. Yeah. Plus the, plus the conditioning that you get out of these type of workouts. It, it's really about just aligning like, well, what do you want? what is the goal of your mm-hmm. exercise and training? Like are, and is that is, are those classes going to give you the thing that you want? You know, when we got started in CrossFit, it was just like, here's an amazing intense form of exercise right. that we've never done. We freaking enjoy it. Yeah. And we didn't really give a second thought to like, okay, what, what's the result? 
we're going to get out we of this. We weren't like, oh, I hope this changes our body or anything like that. We're like, it was more about like, we're going to get exercise. <laughs> we need to exercise. Yeah. And I think that's where like the differentiation comes in of like, what's your goal? Like, this is a great exercise. Right. If you are specifically training for something or to like build muscle in a certain way, there's a different way to go about it. So there's two different avenues here. Yep. So these classes have to be by nature, largely exercise. And we've talked a lot about this in episodes on, um, uh, how to look like you lift that three part Mm -hmm. series in there. There's a difference. These classes have to be based on exercise because they have to appeal to a lot of people. It's not like the coach of the class can be like, okay, Susie over there, I want you using 95 Mm -hmm. pounds and I want you to do this many reps. You, uh, John over there, Mm -hmm. I want you to use 135. Like they can't give that level of attention. So it has to be kind of broad. So the difference between exercise and exercise and training is that Training is a deliberate progression that is designed to make you improve step by step in whatever you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So if you're training for a marathon, you're building your cardiovascular endurance up, you're getting time on your feet, you're building your Mm -hmm. leg strength and endurance. If you're training for a bodybuilding show, you're deliberately building muscle. Um, I'm like out of breath, like... (laughs) There was a lot of caffeine in that, in that cold brew that I made. Um, you're deliberately building muscle. If you are, I could probably give a bunch of other training Mm -hmm. examples. You get, you get the point. Training has a deliberate step-by-step process that produces a specific outcome. Mm -hmm. Exercise can get you fitter. It can get you hot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sweaty, and tired can get you in better shape, mm-hmm. but it's not going to lead you to a specific goal. So if you join one of those classes and in the back of your mind, you're like, I want to look like I lift weights. Mm-hmm. Well, that might not be the thing that gets you there. And I think the confusing thing with this is you might see the coach of the class, the owner of the gym, you might see the instructor in your class and your like Peloton video. They might look a certain way mm-hmm. and they're leading you in this exercise, but that doesn't mean that they got that result from doing that exercise. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance that person trained in a way that changed their body to look like that. Professional CrossFitters that look like superheroes, they didn't get that way from taking five CrossFit classes per week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The dog is carrying her bowl around the house. I guess she's hungry. (laughs) I guess we're gonna have to take that away from her. Um, but yes, they, they got that. They may have used CrossFit to build up their mm-hmm. endurance and train for the sport that they're doing. Because they want to get better at CrossFit. Right. Because that's their sport. That's their sport. They yeah. have to they have to be in shape for that sport. Yeah. But they probably are approaching it more from a training perspective right. than just like, like go yeah. in and do the workout of the day mm-hmm. kind but of thing. you know what combines both? Digital barbell, Digital baby. Digital barbell, the best of training, a lot of training with some exercise in there to also get the fun element where something is different every day where you're going to get your heart rate up. Boom. You're right. I know, I know like we've talked about it in episodes <laughs> where we kind of explain our methodology and that really is our secret sauce is mm-hmm. combining training with the, the benefits of it yeah. with the benefits of exercise. And, and sometimes training can be a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people thrive on that yeah. structure, but some people are like, Oh my gosh, like, I need, I need to get hot and sweaty today. I need to do something different. Yeah. So we have just enough of that. Like as you were talking through it, I was almost going to say like people wouldn't sign up for a a class. I mean, they would if they liked it, but most people wouldn't sign up for a class that was just training because it would be boring because it would be like, let's come in and I'll do like our three sets of five bench press. (laughs) Now let's okay. Let's move over to the station and let's go do our reverse flies. Okay. But 
I mean, I, we do that for our clients. We have them do that. But then at the end, we add in some exercise. We, a lot of times we'll like combine some things into some giant sets. We'll do things to keep the progress moving, but also keep it exciting for them. Mm-hmm. I, th- like what you just explained is kind of the starting, str- like starting strength started their own gyms, yeah. their affiliate gyms now, but they're using just the starting strength model, which is like just doing the, right. doing the training. Like, and I see, well, I follow some of them on Instagram. I'm like, that looks really, really remember boring. Remember back in the day <laughs> in my, in our garage? Yeah. I, cause I, uh, I trained a guy through his starting strength. That's right. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what you call his it. Linear like progression, yeah. yeah. Through the novice. And he linear. would come over in the morning, like it was still dark outside, yep. come into the garage and he would do his, I mean, I would just be there coaching him through his lifts, but it was, it, every day was the same. Uh-huh. I was like, why is this guy paying me to stand here? Well, yeah, he, <laughs> he needed to know what to do and have the form to do it. But yeah, it's but yeah. on its own. It's pretty dang boring. <laughs> okay. All right. I think we killed that All one. Right. So synopsis, it's appropriately related. It's appropriately rated. rated. Just understand what your goal is mm-hmm. and what you're going to get out of it. Right. Or sign up for digital barbell. <laughs> right. If I eat a high glycemic food like mango late in the day, is that more likely to make me gain weight? That's a very interesting question. Yeah. I think the, the example they gave in the uh, question was mango. That's uh, what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. But <laughs> so you how much attention I'm paying. But uh, is this why you tell me not to drink or eat watermelon before I go to bed? Yeah. <laughs> it's not for No, the... it's because you'll pee the bed <laughs> or wake me up getting up. Oh, man. You got that from your grandpa. Yeah. That was what he said. Don't eat watermelon before you go to bed. You, you pee the bed. Pee the bed. That's true. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, but I have gotten up to pee a lot during the night yeah. before, after eating a lot of watermelon before bed. But it's bed. not because of its high glycemic index. Right. So the um, the thinking behind this is, or why this person asked this question, is because when you eat a high carbohydrate food or a high glycemic food, or even any food in general, you get an insulin, insulin release, and therefore you have... Well, just in general, you have more glucose circulating through your blood and you do get that insulin release and people get confused thinking like, okay, if I have this insulin release and I have all this glucose in my bloodstream and I'm not going to go burn it off, it's just going to be stored as fat and it's going to make me gain weight. But the thing that they miss in this example, and there's like, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this because there's so many people touting wrong information about this online and especially on Instagram, uh, what they're forgetting is that it's not about like, what was your blood sugar at one point during the day? What, what was the response to one particular food at one time during the day? It's about what is the net effect of all of the food that you ate across the day, the week, the month, you got to zoom out and it's like, stop fixating on the individual response to every food and look at what's the net total number of calories that you ate across that time because that is going to be the thing that determines whether you gain or lose weight you know there's even like people who think if you um like if you ate a piece of bread or something if you go out and take a Mm -hmm. take a jog after you ate the piece of bread okay i just burned that off it's it's not about that you don't need to go out and do exercise because you have food you know in your body you because you have glucose Mm -hmm. circulating in your blood you don't need to go burn that off the way that body, like long-term body fat storage is work, works is when you have a surplus of calories in the body for a longer period of time, that, that will be stored as fat. And as you need energy, like while you're sleeping, it can um, 
liberate the fa- the energy in the fat cells to keep you alive <laughs> while you're while you're sleeping. Like it's not this um, by the minute mm-hmm. kind of thing. You got to zoom out and look at the net number of calories across the course of the day. That's going to be the thing that determines whether you're gaining okay. or losing weight. Not whether you ate a high glycemic food or any kind of food at a particular time, especially yeah. before you went to bed. Mm-hmm. But you might pee the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about mango though. <laughs> I always think this is not anything to do with this question, but it just makes me think about it. Like a lot of people say, don't eat chocolate at night because it'll like the caffeine will keep you up. So that's like one thing that I've always like keep in my mind. Uh Like there's a certain cutoff for me where I don't actually don't even really enjoy like a lot of chocolate. But if I were to eat like a chocolate popsicle, I wouldn't be like, oh, it's eight o'clock. I can't have this chocolate popsicle because. Yeah. It's been a long time (laughs) since I've looked up how much caffeine is in. Like different like things of chocolate, chocolate but yeah. I imagine some chocolate flavored popsicle has almost no real yeah. chocolate in it. I mean, I would think so too, but still, it's still like, it's like if, if something's in your mind like that, you're like, it can probably, it can, it can end up keeping you up just because you think, you think it will. Yeah. I have, you know, like I know there's particular foods for me that make me feel weird after I eat them. If they're really high yeah. in sugar or really high in carbs, like yeah. pancakes. Like if I go eat a big stack mm. of pancakes, I'm like, I'm taking deep yeah. breaths. Like I can just feel the insulin rush. So like wouldn't. I wouldn't want to eat something like that before I went to bed mm-hmm. because of that feeling that it gives me. Um, but that doesn't have anything to do with whether right. it's going to cause long-term fat storage. I also, That's more about how do I feel. Yeah. Same. I'm the same way with apples. Like I don't like to eat apples at night because I feel like apples give you a little bit more of a bloated feeling because <laughs> of filling. the fiber they're feeling. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I can't eat an apple right before bed. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'll do that when I'm hungry before bed, just for that reason. You like this is really going to fill me up. Mm, okay. Yeah. Nothing worse than waking up hungry. <laughs> or going to bed super full. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next one. What do you say when your family gives you a hard time when weighing and measuring your food? And we gave like some specific mm-hmm. examples or quotes. Are you really going to weigh that or can I eat this or is this your special food? Yeah, hmm. this is, this is a hard. tough one. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we, we don't want to end up in these weird situations with the people that we're closest to. And we, mm-hmm. we really just want everybody to kind of like mind their own business. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to feel like, you, like you might, you want to be like, you know, doing what you want to be doing, but you also don't want to feel like an outcast. Right. Like in a group or within your family or something like that. So, uh, you know, I think you just have to go back to what is your overall goal and balance that with knowing that most of the time when people make comments, it's not coming from a place of, you know, yes, they are judging you, but it's not coming from a place where they want you to stop doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. It's more about an insecurity that you're exerting some kind of control over your life that they might wish that they were doing Mm -hmm. on their own. So you have to kind of keep that in mind when these situations come up, Mm -hmm. you know, like what they don't understand is that maybe you actually enjoy the thing that you're doing. It's not a sacrifice for you. So Mm -hmm. when they say like, are you really going to do that? The assertion, the assumption is that like you're doing something you don't want to do. And there's really no way you can change their Because it's something they don't do. Yeah. Right. You're not responsible for changing their mind that, you know, this is something I enjoy doing. I'm doing it 
beneficially for myself. So you have to release yourself from feeling like you have control over what their emotions, what they say, and mm-hmm. you just have no control over it. So you got to release yourself of that. Yeah. And you know, you might be in the process of, of something you're in the process of growth at this time. You're like, if you're weighing your food, you're probably like, you know, learning about what portions look like learning about how much is you know appropriate to eat per day. And it can be like, like you said, like an intimidating thing for other people to be like, watching you in this process of growth. Maybe it's something that they wish they could be doing, but they're not doing. And they, you know, sometimes people like lash out, unfortunately, yeah. instead of like support only because like you said, they feel like self-conscious about their own choices. Yeah. And somebody who says this, they're not like going to be open to really any kind of explanation. Right. So like they're going to be defensive if you come back with anything. So yeah. I think the best course of action is just to say, yeah, I'm going to weigh this, you know, yeah. this is what I'm doing right now. I mean, we often, we get this ourselves, like when, when families in town and, you know, really like one thing I still would like to weigh is my meat because not because I'm trying to like portion out my meat and not take, you know, too much. I'm trying to take enough. Like right. I want to make sure that I'm getting the amount, right amount of protein. So I'll like, we have whatever the meat is. <laughs> You know, I'll put the scale out and then, you know, it, I, there's comments like, why are you weighing that meat? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm trying to get enough. You yeah. Know? And often the assumption is like, you're trying to watch your weight or you're mm-hmm. trying to <laughs> yeah. watch what you eat. But just, just last week, you don't have to like, you, there's like you saying, there's no, re- there's no reason to validate it and there's, they won't hear it anyway. Yeah. Just go about your business and <laughs> keep rolling. Keep, keep striving for what you're doing. I was making a protein pudding with raspberries in it mm-hmm. last week. Uh, when your parents were here and one of them made a comment, they looked down at it as if it was like some kind of gross food. And the comment was like, man, I hope you live forever. Like, cause you're you're, sacrificing this. Right. You're, you're making yourself eat this protein pudding with raspberries in it. I sure hope it makes you last forever for the sacrifice that you're making. Mm -hmm. But that's just not the case. Like it's a food that I like to eat. Yeah. I like the way that it makes me feel. I like the health benefits that it gives me. Right. Um, and it's not a sacrifice. So, there really is no, there's nothing you need to say to fix yeah. that situation. That's completely on the person that says I, it. I think to the outsider, there's like, you're eating that. And what's, what would, what would be an alternative? Like a pudding or something? Like what would be a, I don't know, a bowl of ice cream with raspberries in it? Like, a jello pudding. I think that's the assumption of like, you're choosing this healthier choice. Right. And, um, it's versus a, like what, you know, the, no, like what would be more of like the norm of like making a bowl of ice cream with raspberries in it or something. Yeah. It's it's like being unhealthy is now so common Mm -hmm. that when you make a healthy choice, it's instantly labeled as being on a diet. Yeah. That's how, that's where we're at right now. Right. We're all, we're so, we're so sick that we look at a healthy person as a freak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's sad. And you can't like, you can't, judge a person for what they eat like if someone someone was eating a donut it would be very rude for you to say like why are you eating that donut whoa, you're whoa, already whoa. you're, you're already eat, overweight why are you eating you're that, gonna donut? Eat that donut oh my god but gosh. then you look at someone that is trying to to like dial in their nutrition and it's it, it's free to be like you're gonna eat that carrot you're such a freak for eating that carrot of know? course you ordered a salad you're yeah. a health nut like yeah how did we get to this place where know. there's such this double standard because everybody knows it would be completely inappropriate and rude to judge somebody for making unhealthy choices. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe that is normal in some fam- families. I don't know. But I've never been around anybody who's walked up and shamed me for just eating something. But like, it's perfectly like socially acceptable. Like you're eating a cookie, no one's going to say a word. You're eating a, bo- yeah. a bowl, like a protein pudding, and, and there's yeah. words. <laughs> How many cookies does that make for you today, Blakely? <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. Okay. What was the question? <laughs> yeah. Okay, next one. 
I'm starting a new job and it's going to be hard to make it to the gym. What are the most important things for me to get a home gym going so I can be consistent? Boom. I love, I love it. it. Yes. We have two episodes completely dedicated to this. Um, so I will link to those in the mm-hmm. show notes, but let's hit on the highlights for all those people who are out there trying to grow, grow up a garage gym. Yeah. I'd say you got to start with some dumbbells. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we bought those adjustable dumbbells to take with us camping. They mm-hmm. go from 10 to 50 in 10 pound increments. I would say we made a mistake by getting the 10 pound increments if you're because it was the cheaper one. And this is just for camping reasons. But, you know, 20 to 30 is a big jump, you know, for like women and maybe like the 40 to 50 or 50 to, you know, I guess it stops at 50, yeah. but whatever. 10 pounds is a big jump, especially when you're using it for upper body. So if you're uh-huh. going to invest in the adjustables, I would go with at least the five pound increments. I know some of them have like even less than two and a half because I see people putting yeah. weights like 17, 17 and, a and a half and I'm like, how do you get that? But, yeah. But you know, over that, this was really my first experience hand on hands on with adjustable dumbbells. Mm-hmm. And I was not that impressed, honestly, like, I know it's, we can't have every weight with us when we go out in the camper, but they were awkward to me. Um, yeah, like but schlepping them around, like they, to carry them around you, they have to be set to yeah. 50. So we wanted and to take you, them to the park. And you have to have the base to change it. So you have to have like, basically it's a two person job. Someone carry the base and someone carry <laughs> somebody, the weight. Somebody and, farmer carry a hundred pounds <laughs> to wherever you're going to go work out. I mean, if you're just at home, it's not a big yeah. deal, but, um, also, the, the weight just didn't feel that balanced in my hand when doing things like mm-hmm. dumbbell snatch or even bicep curls. Like, anyway, that was my first experience. I'm sure I'm sure some are different, uh-huh. but I say all that to say if you can spring for it, get rubber hex yeah. dumbbells in the increments that you at least need to start with and be right. open to and buying some more. Yeah, add as in the you, future as you grow. That yeah, but you know the like adjustables dumb- are if you have a tight space that's where you really get the benefit of those. It's like when it looks like one pair of dumbbells on the ground mm-hmm. versus like having like 10 spread out. And ladies should get probably from 10 pounds up to like 35. Yep. It, yeah. And guys up to 50, 50 plus to start. Yeah. Eventually you're going to need something heavier mm-hmm. for, for squats and yeah. bicep curls. <laughs> Some other things to get would be something to step up on. And these can, this can be like, you know, a fairly cheap option. I would get like a box versus like those steps with the adjustable feet, like the An aerobic the aerob- just because if you want something more stable, um, yeah, cause a, you can jump up on a box yeah. eventually too. If you like something you feel like doing, um, a bench for doing bench presses and stuff. And, but this is something that you can add later down the road because floor presses and are, are just as good, you know, as a bench press, if you're just starting out, um, bands and a pull up bar would be like, so that would be dumbbells, a step, step and bench or one or the other bands and a pull-up bar that would just like be a base yep and that would be a great place to start and then down the road add in that squat rack plates and barbell mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's no reason to buy a barbell and plates unless you're buying a rack yeah all you're going to be able to do is deadlifts <laughs> I, yeah that's always my thing if people say i want to get a barbell i'm like okay you also have to get a rack <laughs> you, you're gonna need that you for squats for barbell. presses <laughs> one thing about the bands get a band a set of bands off the bat that are just like a strip of rubber instead of getting like the ones that have like a carabiner on the yeah. end with the handle like those are great to have the ones with the handle and the carabiner but if you're just starting out the other ones are that are just a strip of rubber They're are called therabands to be more versatile because mm-hmm. you're not gonna have to like build something to anchor it to you can get a little door anchor off of amazon for like six dollars yeah. but if you're getting the pull-up bar and you don't quite have the pull-ups yet you can also get the pull-up bands and you can use those for yeah. like the everything that you can use the therabands for yeah. but those are great 
to um, get like two or three sizes and start to get your pull-ups, work on your pull-ups, and then you know take bands away um, as you as you build in strength. Yeah, if you're going to get the Therabands on Amazon, we like the three pack that comes with the black, the silver, and the blue. Yes, don't get like the one that's like green, yellow, and red. Those are way too light. Yep. The yeah, the black, silver, blue has like a perfect like the blue is fairly easy black is a medium and silver is pretty darn strong yeah you basically use the black for everything and i basically use the silver yeah. for everything even yeah. years later although i just found out that one of my uh, female clients that's in her 70s uses the silver for everything <laughs> and i was like what are you doing <laughs> time to step it up Blakely. seriously <laughs> okay um another good question i know creatine is great for strength training but does it prevent muscle loss when you are not working out yeah this is a really good one i mean why are you not working out <clears throat> <laughs> um, let's just do a quick recap on what creatine does in the first place. It's a daily supplement you take just to keep your natural creatine stores and your muscles topped off. So you have the most amount of it available should you need it. And what it does is help you regenerate ATP, our body's energy currency, more quickly. So if you're doing a really heavy, intense set of deadlifts and normally you would be tapped out cannot do another one with your natural stores of creatine by supplementing with that five grams per day maybe you can squeeze out an extra one or two reps because your body is able to replenish its own atp more quickly so this is a cumulative effect over time by just letting you do more work at higher intensity to make more hashtag gains it's not like a pre-workout or you feel a rush of adrenaline go through your body and you take 10 minutes off your mile <laughs> it's, it's a long-term play so they have done research on this they actually supplemented creatine with one group and they gave the other group a placebo and they had that they immobilized one of their legs um, after taking creatine and they showed what do you mean like they put their leg in a device that didn't let them flex their quad. So for how long? I think it was for two weeks. So, so, so they, like they wore a cast? They wore a cast. I don't know if it was actually a cast, but okay. they were not yeah, able to flex like their knee wow. and use their quad for wow. for about two weeks. And between the control group and the group that took um, creatine, there was no difference in the amount of atrophy. Both groups okay. saw um, similar amounts of leg atrophy just from being immobilized. So. That makes sense, though, because if you think of creatine as a, a, um, a supplement that allows you to do more work, you still have to put in the stimulus of that work to get the result. It's not a muscle building uh, supplement on its own. It just lets you do more of the stuff that helps you build muscle and strength. So men and women should can and should take creatine if they're interested in getting stronger, bigger muscles. Um, but on its own, it's just not, it's not going to help you preserve the muscle mass you have if you're not training. I often wonder how much people get paid for being in these little test groups because <laughs> That's a good sometimes question. they sound like something I would not want to do. Like, yeah. let me immobilize your leg for two weeks and take this test. So, you know, whatever, yeah. you don't even know what you're getting. You don't know if you're in the control group or the placebo group or what about the ones where they put people in like the metabolic word situation where they hundred percent control their food intake and they're experimenting with different levels of calorie deficit. Like Ooh. one, one group is at 10% and one group is at like 35% <laughs> calorie deficit and you have no access to other food, even if you're hungry. That's how, really the only way they could be? do that though, because <laughs> they wouldn't be able to trust the results unless you were completely controlled. But yeah. Oh yeah. You'd be shocked how many nutrition related studies are self-reported. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Which like, is like <laughs> people. 
people that even people who are committed to changing their nutrition um, under report food on accident by up to 25%. Imagine the people who are like being purposely, uh, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not like that serious about it if they're just in a study versus actually trying to change their body. But I bet there are people out there that are like this. They they like that's what they do for their job. I do like tests. Oh yeah, I'll do, I'll do that for ten, two Dude, weeks. They, they also like do the TV rating thing. They're probably like also a secret shopper. <laughs> All right. I'm happy with my lower body, but I want to have more arm and shoulder definition. Should I be skipping leg stuff or doubling up on arms or what should I be doing? Never skip leg day. <laughs> Good try though. I don't, rem- I don't remember if this was a male or a female that asked this question, but I think the advice carries over either way. So yes. um, you want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. So I think it's a common thing to think, all right, I want to work on my upper body. I'll let my lower body kind of take a chill pill Mm -hmm. and I'll just work on this. And that is true to some extent, but we can't ignore the carryover between doing heavy compound weightlifting into how that affects our whole body because we get a cascade of hormonal release when we lift Mm -hmm. heavy weights and you're probably only, only going to lift heavy enough weights doing things like squats and deadlifts to make that happen or to optimize it as much as you can. So I would not say that you should just completely neglect your, lower body if your goal is to improve on your upper body. Still give some love to the heavy compound lifts like back squats and deadlifts, you know, working at 85 plus percent of your one rep max for for some volume. Um, But then, yeah, if you want to give some extra love to your upper body, you definitely can. I think this person said they want more muscle definition. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? So what is muscle definition? My definition of muscle definition (laughs) is the presence of muscle in the absence of fat. Yeah. You have to have the muscle and then you have to not have fat covering, covering the muscle it. so that you can see the shape of the muscle. There's a lot of people out there who are big and strong, like power lifters, strong men, who have amazingly huge muscles, but they carry around so much body fat that they don't look defined mm-hmm. or hashtag toned. <laughs> they just look big. Yeah. And they do that because of how much food they're eating. So what this person wants really is to build some muscle and then to not have fat covering that muscle. So you can see that muscle. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that most people get this wrong is by thinking that the answer to um, to seeing that muscle defini- def- definition is to start by dieting down, to, mm-hmm. to try the fat loss part first. Even if they don't know they're trying to lose fat, they just figure like, if I eat like a bird, I'll see more muscle definition. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is you're not actually giving your body the nutrients that it needs to build Mm -hmm. the muscle. And I'm talking specifically about the total number of calories and an appropriate macronutrient breakdown that kind of favors the atmosphere that you need to build muscle. And it's pretty common for this person, not this person specifically, but this hypothetical Mm -hmm. person who wants more muscle definition to probably not be doing the kind of training that leads to muscle hypertrophy growth. And maybe even the person that listening to this be like, wait, he just said to do heavy squats and deadlifts. Like, yes, if you want more muscle definition anywhere in your body, it benefits you to do heavy weightlifting, Mm -hmm. the big moves. So I would approach this from a two step process. Number one, we have to build some muscle. You will never look defined if there is no muscle. You would just see the shape of your bones Mm -hmm. if you continue to lose fat, starve yourself without uh, building some muscle. So we have to start by building and we're going to do that by having enough calories around at least, you know, I'm assuming this person is not overweight, like to start with right now, 
they didn't say they want to lose fat. They just want more definition. So, um, we're going to start, start out at whatever their maintenance number of calories are. Let's just keep eating the same number of calories or just keep eating in the same mm-hmm. way you are eating now. If you're, um, not counting calories, it, assuming that your weight has been staying the same. And now let's make sure that we're getting enough protein because if we don't provide our body with enough amino acids to stimulate muscle protein synthesis, the fancy way of saying muscle growth, we're just not putting fuel into the tank to grow the muscle that we eventually want to see. So I would just give a range to this, this person who asked the question, try to get somewhere around 0.8 to 1.2 grams mm-hmm. of body of a uh, protein per day per pound that you weigh skew towards the higher side of that. If you, um, if you do have excess weight to lose, if you're already a healthy body fat and we just need to build some muscle, you can skew towards the lower side, but that's a range. If you want to get more specific, send me a message <laughs> or download our free, uh, calorie and macronutrient calculator that we have on our website. Where's that at in the, uh, free resources tab, something yeah. like that for free downloads. Yeah. So check that out. Okay. So we're starting with the building phase mm-hmm. at maintenance. We're not dieting. First of all, now, after we've built muscle, I would probably give this three to six months and we're going to talk about the training here in a second, but then we approach this from a fat loss perspective. We want to reveal mm-hmm. the muscle that we've been so working, working so hard to build. Don't be surprised if along this way you start seeing some of that muscle definition anyway, because the muscle is getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the reason that we train abs, even though everybody knows abs are made in the kitchen, <laughs> you can grow your ab just like any other muscle. So if you want to be able to see your abs, at a higher body fat percentage, we need to make them a little bit bigger. Um, this is a great tool for people who want to, you know, have somewhat visible abs year round without being on a diet all the time. So you want to grow your arms, arm and shoulder muscles. So how are we going to mess with your training to make that happen? Well, we're going to go against common exercise philosophy. We're not just going to do a bunch of high rep, low weight, toning exercises. We need to get the muscle bigger and stronger. And the only way to do that is through progressive overload with intensity at weights that actually challenge the muscle. Mm -hmm. So you got to go listen to our, um, how to look like you left podcast series that I referenced earlier. We lay all this out, but we're going to be working, um, each muscle group, depending on if you're, if you're brand new to this, or if you are more experienced somewhere in the nine to 18 sets per muscle group per week range. Mm -hmm. I know that's a big range, but new beginners don't need as much volume to see amazing progress. Somebody who's been doing this for three, five, seven years, they're going to be closer up to that 18 sets per, um, per week range. Mm -hmm. So specifically you want to work the biceps. This is any kind of elbow flexion exercise, working it in different angles where the elbows behind your torso, where your elbows in front of your torso with barbells, with dumbbells, hammer curls, and then we need to work your triceps, any elbow, any exercise that takes the elbow from bent to extended. Mm-hmm. This can be an overhead position. This can be with the elbow behind you. This can be with a cable machine. It can be with a band, but we need to make sure that the exercises we do, and we want to stick with similar exercises so mm-hmm. we can see that we're making progress. We want to make sure that we're adding weight and reps over time. Mm-hmm. That's the secret sauce of progressive overload. And then last but not least, I think they said they want to, um, see more definition in their shoulders. So we have to have both horizontal and vertical pressing. And I would also throw in a move like a lateral raise that really mm-hmm. isolates the side delt. Otherwise you're going to neglect that a little bit. I mean, some people will say, all you have to do is press overhead and bench press, and that's all you need for your shoulders. But I will tell you 
from experience that um, putting direct lateral extension mm-hmm. exercises in for the shoulder, you know, over time can have really good benefits. So, and that's one of the things that really makes it look like your arm is defi- is defined. Um, so yeah, we're going to start with adequate calories. We're going to build muscle and strength. We're going to use the training protocol mm-hmm. that I just outlined there. And then did I already talk about revealing the muscle with losing mm-hmm. fat? Okay. That's the approach I would take. Yeah. That's how you're going to see your muscles. Very good. Man, I am really out of breath. <laughs> and this, this drink doesn't even have any caffeine. Oh, in it. The, the coffee was earlier. I think it's because it's hot in here. Oh, Air's hot. off. I'm hot. All right. So like I said, uh, re- listen to that podcast series too, because we talk all about this. And you know what? If you want, if you want like a cruise control way to do the training side of it, download our free arms, abs, and you know the rest mm-hmm. program because you wrote these progressions into that program. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the end of the questions that were submitted. Okay. We're going to add so I need a nap. <laughs> we're going to add a question for each of us at All the right. end of this. All right. I'll go first. You're going um, to ask me first? Yes. Okay. We have shifted to where Jonathan is completely in charge of the digital barbell Instagram, full full access. So I'm, I'm a little nervous sometimes. I don't, I'm too afraid to even look. But I want to know how have you enjoyed, I think this has been like maybe like a month mm-hmm. where you've been just, you're, it's 100% you. Yeah. It's fine. I think like <clears throat> that's really the way that it started because back when we started the account in 2018, I was still working in construction and you were working the gym full time. You had zero time to be on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. like, that's how I got comfortable talking on the Instagram story. Um, you know, learning what people wanted to learn about Mm -hmm. and creating content around that. I always thought it was funny. Like you wouldn't, he would like, I would never want to coach a class but he would be like talking to the camera all the time. And I'm like opposite. I'm like, I really enjoyed coaching classes, but I don't want to be talking on camera. And then remember what I said after the first time I did coach a class? <laughs> You're like, don't ever let me do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Too nervous. But yeah, it's like you get, you get more, you get practice yeah. and get better at it and comfortable with it. But um, yeah, it's fine. You know, like it's, it's interesting. Cause like you want to create content that resonates with our ideal client. But you also have to like kind of play the in, play the Instagram game like with like all right, what are they going to what are they going to show to people? Yeah. Like because what that, is the point that, of making this content if the algorithm isn't going to show it to anybody? Here's an example. Like I put together a really educational post on a calorie deficit and foods that are helpful for fat <laughs> loss, turned it into a reel because Instagram will push reels to, you know, yeah, ten times as many people as are following us. And it got like I don't know, 200 views. They pushed it out to 200 people. And I think we have like a little over 2000 followers right now. And then I put together a, a reel about, it was like a six second thing with a back squat. (laughs) And it was a quick tip on where to look when you back Mm -hmm. squat, I put this up yesterday and it's already been shown to over 40,000 people. (laughs) So it's kind of like, it's like a game. Yeah. You have to figure out what they will show or what hits. I don't know. And I don't think people realize how long it takes to make one of those reels yeah. or just how long it takes to make content in general. So um, it's easy to like waste a lot of time on a piece of content too. So I'm trying to balance like getting the most information out as possible mm-hmm. in the um, in the smallest package 
And I'm also trying to go back and look through our analytics and see like, okay, this is this piece of content hit really well because it's something that resonated with people or it was really helpful to them. Mm -hmm. How can I, and it might even be like a year or two old or three years old at this point. How can I repackage this to kind of play to the algorithm now? Because there might've been 200 people following us back when that piece of content was made. And I think we've always just been after like an educational you know, that's like our thing is like, we want to like provide education to people like, yeah. and so, but it, it is frustrating that you do spend a lot of time on something and like, it, they might actually show it even to your followers and then they might not. Yeah. And so it's, I, I like back in the day where Instagram was just like, you opened it up in the first, the last, you know, the, the, the last, where you, where you left off was where you picked up and you just went through it. And then that was yeah, it. And I guess days. people just got like too many <clears throat> friends and stuff. And then it was too <laughs> overwhelming. I don't know. Yeah. Cause if you follow like a thousand people, how would that ever work? Yeah. You'd never, <laughs> you'd never make it or you'd spend all your time scrolling, but it is weird now how it's so like, if you tap on something, you're going to see that all the time. But yeah. if you don't, you'll miss it. I will say one thing I've been focusing a lot on in the Instagram. Our general plan, or mm-hmm. I'm not thinking of the word I want to use, um, strategy for Instagram is to put as much of our regular daily life in the story as we're comfortable with to show that we're regular people <laughs> that are just doing the same stuff that you guys are. Like mm-hmm. I think some people think like, we work out for a living. No, we don't work out for a living. Like we're running a business like any other (laughs) self-employed person. And then we work out for an hour and a half per day, six, you know, four or five times per week. We just shoot a lot of content or shoot while we're working out. Right. But the rest of the day we're, (laughs) we're taking care of the dogs. We're not in office clothes, but yeah, we're working in our office. We're coaching our clients. We're doing our work. We're planning, we're getting groceries. We're cooking food. We're visiting our friends and family. We're, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I try to put a lot of that in the Instagram story because I think a lot of people only hit like the total highlights. Like here I hit a PR and like, um, you know, I think in this business you, for somebody to hire you, they have to trust, you know, what you're talking about, obviously. Mm -hmm. And that's how referrals come in because we get people results. And you know, that's really how our business has grown is referrals, Mm -hmm. but then they want to hire somebody that they know, like, and trust. And I think it helps just to show that we are regular people. And I know that um, our other coaches do the same in their Instagram story. So that's a big part of our overall strategy. And then really trying to speak to like our ideal client. What is our ideal client struggling with right Mm -hmm. now? And how can I make a piece of content around that? Because that will make it relatable and give them a nugget that they can use to improve their situation right now. Nice. And, st- and I need to work on just not talking so that much. That was the long answer. <laughs> How are que- you enjoying Instagram? What was the question again? <laughs> Y'all should get on our email list. I send out some oh, good gosh. emails. All right, okay. so let me ask you a question sure. then. So um, today, actually today, is the seven-year anniversary of you opening Triat CrossFit, mm-hmm. your CrossFit affiliate, out of our garage when we lived in <laughs> Houston. So tell me like your favorite memory, not for specifically from that day but kind of from that time when you owned the gym yeah. out of our garage before you moved to the, official, moved to facility. the official facility um oh gosh there's so many but i think one of my favorite memories was and we um it kind of like a really amazing group of people just kind of came together in the garage to like start this thing off it was like so I was like so nervous and like put a sign out in the yard, like CrossFit, you know, it, it was like, this is ridiculous. What am I even doing? And, uh, and you know, we got a, we got a, l- a good little group going, but what? 
you probably will have what, like eight or 10 people in the garage at some point. <laughs> but I remember one time uh, we were all working out in there and uh, one of my uh, clients named Bong, he uh, passed out in the workout. <laughs> it was his first day. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. And so we, uh, we kind of like revive him and he passes out again. <laughs> so he, it was just him and his partner there that day, right? Or were there no, other there's people one, too? There's other people. Okay. And he proceeds to pass out three times. I mean, th- we haven't even really done. We would like warmed up. We you know learned the workout. We learned how the movement. And we you know maybe we're like tw- we're thirty minutes into the class, but we haven't really done anything substantial. And we start the workout three, two, one, go. And if this guy just he he became a member of my gym when we moved to the facility and everything. And he's just amazing and just runs on a hundred percent. Yeah, he is wired. And that's what it was. It was just like it was his adrenaline was so high and he was so excited to be there and doing it and meeting the other people in the class that he, he he like just like passed out from just like <laughs> i think he was also a night shift nurse yeah and i think he um he had just woken up from a nap or from sleeping some... and he drank an energy drink right but, before he came so over he, he, he passes out three times and of course it's <laughs> called 911 and the ambulance is is on their way and and he like comes to the third time and he goes elevate my feet <laughs> Like, oh because he was a nurse. Well, yeah, let me tell the story. Sorry. And so, like, finally, the ambulance shows up. And by this time, we've elevated his feet. He's fine. He's like, and he's like, he runs out to the ambulance. He's like, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse. I'm okay. You don't have to, like, take me away. I don't so want to go to the hospital. It was just so funny because he finally, like, passed out three times. It was kind of like this thing where it was like a slow motion thing. I was like, Jonathan was just kind of like watching the class and I was like, Jonathan, get behind him. I think he's about to pass out. And like you caught him for the first time. And then it was just crazy. But anyway, it was so funny because he finally kept coming to and he's like, elevate my feet. <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. But, and then that night he calls me and he's like, can I please still come to CrossFit? <laughs> like I won't pass out anymore. He was so embarrassed. <laughs> it was amazing. And he stayed a member until I had to close my gym. But another, yeah. another funny detail of that story was that his partner came with him that day yeah. and, uh, and like he, he, did. <laughs> he was like a home builder. Like he, he, he had really... no interest in doing this. And he goes, well, darn, now I have to join the gym. And he became a member as well. And even more twist of the story is they ended up buying our house when we moved. So they now live <laughs> in our old house in Houston. It all, it all comes for full circle. But anyway, we miss that, you, Bong. That was that was my favorite memory <laughs> from the garage gym days. That's such a good one. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. We appreciate you listening. As always, hope you enjoyed this episode. We will catch you next week. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.